I'm Mark Carey. And I'm Tom Clasby. And this is the Men of Divine Mercy podcast, our second episode. Thank you for coming back. We hopefully uh, you'll share this with your friends as we go along. Tom and I have been discussing what this podcast should be about, along with some of the guys from our men's prayer group. And, you know, we really thought we're, we're laymen in the church and we're so this should be something that's in between the priests and the theologians and the Catholic apologists and get it right down and keep it simple. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the things that we do at our prayer group. Before we do, we're going to always open up with a prayer. So Tom has that with us right now. Mark, this is an ancient prayer to the Virgin Mary. In fact, it's the oldest known prayer to Our Lady, and it goes back to uh, the year 300. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Hear our petitions and our necessities, and deliver us from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. Good opening prayer to start us off. And what we're going to talk about today, we're going to get right into it. By the way, let's just first always remind folks that one of the reasons for doing this podcast is to help grow our fellowship of men. And we are based in Quincy, Massachusetts, just south of Boston. We have a Thursday night men's prayer group called the Men of Divine Mercy. And that's what uh, this is about. This is the germination of this podcast. And honestly, we just want to invite men to come. If you're in the area, make sure you come visit us at 7 p.m. at Sacred Heart Church, which is part of the Divine Mercy Parish. And that's Sacred Heart Church at 386 Hancock Street in Quincy every Thursday night at 7 p.m. where we have a prayer group. We pray the rosary. We also pray the Chapel of Divine Mercy. On the first Sunday, we have Holy Mass. And on the third Sunday, we have a witness or a speaker series. And right now, throughout Lent is what we're going to be talking about today. But we're doing the Stations of the Cross every Thursday night. And it's really something. I look forward to this every year, Tom. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful and ancient devotion. One of the things is as adults, right? I think... We assume that everyone knows all the mysteries of the rosary and all of the liturgies and or the the Divine Mercy Chaplet and, and the Stations of the Cross, but not everyone does. And this is a great opportunity. This podcast is an opportunity to talk about each one of those. So while we're doing the Stations of the Cross during Lent, we're going to talk about that today. So let's start. What do you say, Tom? Absolutely. First, let's talk about a little bit of the beginnings in, in the, of the Stations of the Cross and why we do it. Actually, even before we begin the begin. Yes, um, begin the begin. <laughs> as we mentioned on the earlier broadcast, you and I have known each other for many, many years. Yeah. We've been uh, close friends for many years. But one of the things I remember about doing with you and your brother Brian mm. is going to the town that you, uh, before you lived in Quincy, you lived in a beautiful seaside <laughs> town called Situate. Yeah. Uh. And going through there, and you know, no, I know. We dragged I, him there many times. <laughs> <laughs> but you would point out various things, as anybody would, you know, we did this here, we did that there, I skinned my knee on, on that rock. The big rock, yeah. Yeah. My point is that we recall these things, and they have significance, and then we share them with other people. So that was true of the ancient Christians, particularly with the life of Jesus. You know, they, they would talk about where the certain things were. Now, as the church was persecuted, those things kind of went underground. However, they would share with other Christians, this is where this occurred. This is where that. So they would talk about what occurred on the Via Della Rosa, mm. the way of the cross. That's the and, other name of the stations of the yeah, cross. Yeah, Right. They, so they would pass those traditions on. Now, Princess Helena, who was the mother of Emperor Constantine, the Roman Empire had persecuted the church. Once Constantine became 
emperor, mm. he opened up Christianity. He made it the law of the land that you, you know, was the official, they had religious freedom, but that, that the official religion of the Roman Empire was Christianity. So his mother went back to the Holy Land and she started asking people, where, where did these events occur? Where is the Holy Sepulchre? You know, where in Bethlehem? Where are the caves? So, and, and they knew that even though this was now 300 years after Christ, you know, those things were pointed out. So kind of the very first, and there's a tradition really that even predating that, that it was Our Lady who first marked the places and the events that she first practiced, in a sense, the stations. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that I, I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah. You know what I liked, by the way, that you said last week in the podcast on our first episode, that we will never know everything. That's what this journey of learning what Catholicism is all about, yeah. uh, right? Yeah, That's a and it's thing. just it's just like, it's inexhaustible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so, so, so much. Yeah. It's so rich. So as far back as the fourth century, there's, there's accounts describing the veneration of certain places in Jerusalem. And as the centuries passed, this tradition started to spring up. And throughout Europe, they would put these monuments remembering the stations of the cross. Now, there's little different variations in those. But there are 14 of them that we practice now. Well, in, in 1731, it was Pope Clement that put together, kind of codified, these are the official stations, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. And those are traditions that are passed on. Now, mm. whether everything in it might be exactly the way it happened, I mean, possibly not. We do have a good idea that these are how those events unfolded. And it was the Franciscans that really promulgated this. They started to put up these series of, of monuments, and then eventually it made its way into churches. Now, Catholicism very rich. You, you know, we, we were just talking before we began. You were talking about stained glass windows. Yeah, stain. I was. Uh, I want to write a song called "Stations and Stains." It's stained glass. Stained glass windows and stations of the cross are always very close to each other in a church. That's right. Yeah. I think it's a great idea, and mm. you have the talent to do it for sure. But as you go through, you know, the, the church, you see all these symbols. Sometimes Catholics are criticized for that. Oh, we have all these, you know, idols uh, all over the church. You know, <laughs> but. The laity, for a long time, were illiterate. Right. So the church in its wisdom said, let's paint pictures so that people will understand. They're telling stories. If you look at those stained glass windows, many of them, in fact, not too far from my home, there's actually, because uh, usually it's New Testament events, yep. mm-hmm. but there's an event of David holding the head of Goliath and the severed in the body, on the ground, but it's a, it's a really neat stained glass window. So again, telling the stories. Yeah. So the other thing too is, is, is that it's meditation. And I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but you know, St. Ignatius of Loyola with his spiritual exercises really gets into using the imagination. When you are praying the rosary, enter into that mystery. So, you know, smell the hay, (laughs) hear the animals. Yeah. Feel the surroundings. That's what I love about the chosen. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Very yeah. much like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It draws us in. Right. And so the cross, of the stations of the cross, rather, is where we meditate, where we enter in, where we look at those, but we also kind of look into it. We meditate on what occurred in the life of Jesus. 
That's a beautiful setup for what we're about to go into right, right. now, which is talking about each one of the stations. So yeah. That's great. So these, these events... So as we do the stations, and what we'll do is, it's always the road to Calvary, or the way of the cross. Uh, The stations of the cross begins at the first station and goes all the way to the 14th station. So as a group of men, we will stand together at at the first station, which is, Jesus is condemned to death. Yeah. And, you know, we we, imagine what he felt like at that point. I think, you know, he probably had a, a great sense of its beginning but he was also abandonment. I mean, all the people that he loved, except for his mother, but I mean, basically the apostles other than St. John just ditched him, you know, mm-hmm. and now he is alone in front of the authorities that are about to kill him. So that's, you know, that's that first station. And I always think of the emptiness that he must have felt, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then we typically, from that, will read something from the passion right to talk about where we're at and before we go on to the next station my favorite place that i've ever done the stations of the cross which i love sacred heart by the way our church we were at medjugorje a couple of years ago and we climbed when you climb cross mountain the stations are all the way there and it's really rocky in that area of the world so i when, when they told me that i was like yeah yeah sure whatever i just wear good shoes but no it's really rocky and it's really hard and it's very steep and as we're praying and meditating on the stations and the passion, I could feel the pain as we're going up and it just brought us closer to the story and to where we were at. And that's the smell, the hay that you were just talking about. Mm. There are many different versions of the station Mm -hmm. and the prayers and the meditations, but Mm -hmm. we actually pray one that we found in Medjugorje. And that's what we've been doing this throughout Lent. And that's what we'll continue to do. So um, as we go from the first station, we get then to the second station, which is Jesus carrying the cross. Yeah, Jesus carrying the cross. And again, you know, the picture would be there as he takes up this, you know, it's it's the next step. He's been condemned by Pilate. He feels that desolation. Mm. And now the burden, the physical burden of the cross is laid upon his shoulders. May I just add to, as, as I mentioned, the Franciscans began to put those around the churches. It was St. Francis that gave us that beautiful prayer that's incorporated into the stations. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. I think it's in Mel Gibson's passion. I'm not certain, but I think it's in Mel Gibson's passion. When they lay the cross on the shoulders of Jesus, he kisses the cross, Mm. which is also very Catholic because and Good Friday, we will venerate the cross. Mm. So it, it it shows you that this was a bitter, sweet moment. God was about to reconcile the world to himself through the suffering of his son. And the son takes that on in one sense with joy, in one sense with great aloneness and desolation. So he picks up that cross and begins the walk. Which brings us to the third station. Jesus falls for the first time. It shows a lot of things. Going back to the scriptures, I love the story of, of, of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, because it says these words that always strike me every time I hear them. Jesus, tired from his journey. Now, he's God. There was no reason for him to be tired, <laughs> except that he chose to enter into our humanity, to Amazing. take on our frailty. And you know, whenever we mention the incarnation, 
like during the creed, we bow, or in some other traditions, they genuflect. Yeah. Because he took on humanity and he emptied himself. So again, in this instance, under the weight of the cross, he fell. Okay, the fourth station, Jesus meets his afflicted mother. Yeah, you know, of course she would be there. (laughs) You know, again, Mel Gibson's movie really portrayed, and I think for a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters that don't have the devotion to Our Lady, they were very struck by the way that relationship was portrayed, and it was portrayed beautifully in Mel Gibson's passion. And I think, as you mentioned, the chosen uh, Dallas Jenkins, who who doesn't come from a Catholic tradition, although right. Jonathan Rumi does, that, that, who that plays, plays Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. But but you see that he's he's kind of developed that. In fact, Dallas has said that you know that struck him in mm. um, the Chosen. So she would be with always is with her suffering son oh. to comfort him. Imagine the little little bit of relief for him. A lot of times when we're sick, man, we want to run to our mothers. And, <laughs> you know, no matter how old you are. But imagine the relief for him, just that little moment that they shared. Beautiful. And the fifth station, Simon helps Jesus carry his cross. Right. I think it shows us that we are to be active participants in Christianity. It's not just God's way up there and we're down here, but rather Simon is commissioned to work with Christ. And we, you and I, are commissioned to work with Christ. And the sixth station of the cross, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. When I was in Steubenville, there was a young girl. She was, I guess, just out of high school. I was a little bit older when I went back, but she was a childlike in a lot of ways. And I always used to, her name was Veronica. So whenever yeah. I saw her, I used to say, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. How are you? Which <laughs> no, she, you didn't. You said, how are you? <laughs> how are you? As we say, yeah. And I haven't thought of, of Veronica. So wherever she is, Lord, give her, give her a good day and lots Amen. of blessings. You know, Veronica gives a gift to the Lord, showing compassion and kindness. But God always does more. He always does more. He gives her the image of his face. That sacred image mm. is on that cloth. And that cloth is, is, is in one of the churches, I believe, in Rome. It might be in Germany. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. The cloth, you know, we have it. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it, you know, but it's just, it just like he's bleeding. He's on his way to death. He's whipped. He's beaten. He's abandoned. Mm. She shows a little bit, just a little bit of compassion and he gives us something that we still have. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, that's how God is. He wants to give you more. Always. Seventh station of the cross, Jesus falls for a second time. Again, uh, going back to the, the humanity, uh, I, I, think, I think he did that for us. I mean, he did it all for us, obviously. But, you know, how many, how many times do we fall? You know, we fall, the, as the scripture says, and that now this wasn't a sin for him to fall, but let's mm. put it in that context for us. The just man falls seven times a day. Mm. Now, seven in the Bible always means perfect. Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her. Mm. She was perfectly possessed. But three is a holy number. So for us, again, it goes back to our own sinfulness. You know, yeah. if we look at it that way, our Lord is, certainly was not a sinner. But as the scripture says, the just man 
sins seven times a day. Again, I think that's put in there. Again, the Lord showing his weakness so that we can look at our own weakness and gain strength through his cross. The eighth station, Jesus speaks to the holy woman. He tells them, don't cry for me. They are in tears at the sight of him whom they love, and he comforts them. The whole thing is done for us, as we've said multiple times as we looked at the stations and the suffering. You know, but again, that's just a reminder, like, that's the Lord. His compassion for us is oh. almost unimaginable. Yeah, it's amazing. In the ninth station, Jesus falls for the third time. Again, numbers mean things, mm. you know. Certainly three is a holy number. Yeah. And I, and I think in a sense, it means perfection. You know, what, what he's accomplishing is perfection. And that's symbolic of the, the three falls. The tenth station, Jesus is stripped of his garments. Think of the humility. Yeah. You know, it's almost incomprehensible. Before a whole crowd. Yeah. That our Lord would subject himself to that kind of an indignity. I mean, it's just amazing in mm. its humility. Mm. Really is. You know, he, he didn't have to do any of this, but he chose to out of obedience to the Father who loved us so much that he wanted us reconciled to him. But the only way to do it was through a perfect man, and the perfect man didn't exist. He was Adam, and he fell. And so Jesus becomes the new Adam, the perfect man, who is the sacrifice, and through that blood ransoms us from death. The 11th station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. We don't fully comprehend. Mel Gibson's movie, again, not to go back to that, but that, you know, seeing that yeah. and the kind of torture. And the brutalness. Of yeah, it. that yeah. he endured. And that was right on. If anything, it was worse than that. You know, they talked about all the violence is maybe a little gratuitous in this movie. Nuh-uh. Yeah. It was worse mm. than what we saw in The Passion of the Christ. I mean, the Romans used that to terrorize the Christians because it was such a horrid, horrid way to die. I mean, he gave it all. Mm. He gave it all on that cross. In the 12th station, Jesus dies on the cross. You know, there's a very beautiful thing that occurs at this station. And that's a pause. Mm. Silence. To take it all in that the God of the universe became man and then laid down his life. As I mentioned, when we come to the incarnation and the creed, he became man, we reverence that. We either genuflect or we bow. And now here's another thing that really just sets this station apart from all the other stations. Because the God who loves us laid down his life, literally. Mm. You know, and he, and he died. And so we have that beautiful pause to reflect on that moment. The 13th station. Jesus is taken down from the cross. Yeah, and you know, 
I think it just it just symbolizes that he's now gone. Mm. And we have again in Catholicism that beautiful image of the Pieta mm. where the lifeless body is laid in the hands of his mother. Mm. And think for a minute of her feelings at that moment. You know, it takes great courage. There's the reason why there were, were so few people at the cross, because it takes great courage, mm. great courage to be by the cross. And there she was, every step of the way. I'm sure she was at each one of these stations, as we mentioned at the very beginning of this. Yeah. The origins were that she would retrace wow. these steps. And I'm sure she was meditating on them. And I'm sure she meditated on that moment where he's taken down from the cross, given to her, who in turn gives him to us. And finally, the 14th station. Jesus is laid in the sepulcher. Yeah, you know, Bishop Sheen has a beautiful um, word on this, how he, he talks about the tomb was a new tomb. He says he came from a virgin womb and was placed into a virgin tomb. You know, and it was a Joseph that was there from the moment of conception. And it was a Joseph that gave him this, this final place. But think of this. You know, it's beautiful that, that Joseph of Arimathea did that, but he's the God of the universe. He didn't have a grave. It nothing, nothing. Born in a stable, a borrowed place to be born, and laid in a borrowed sepulcher. Mm. Mm. And again, just that humanity of it all. There's a thing about the the wise men. G.K. Chesterton used to say when the wise men came and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to screw this up, but the gold that he would be honored as a king frankincense that he would be worshipped like a god and myrrh that he would be buried like a man. And, and the, Chesterton would say words to the effect, I'm paraphrasing that, you know, the first two are fitting and right, but the third is incomprehensible. Mm. You know, mm. that, he would, that he would allow himself to yeah. die. Well, that is the Stations of the Cross, all 14, and it's heavy. Mm. It's very heavy, but also one of the reasons why I love to I love Lent, especially Holy Week, because I really feel every single year of my life, it means something different, and it hits me, it hits me that hard every single year, every single um, Holy Week. I find it to be so beautiful, and that's why it's great to practice the Stations of the Cross. Absolutely. You know, we should get in the habit, John Paul II, every single Friday, not, not just during Lent, every single Friday would reflect on the stations of the cross and there's so many beautiful places to do it you can go to a different church yeah and see them or there's you know like there's outside stations at retreat houses and in in you know just call them call them to mind if you're if you can't visit a church but yeah, yeah get in the habit of praying the stations use your imagination enter into that mystery it's beautiful and god will bless you abundantly and we're recording this on a monday so this Thursday, I'm really excited to get in, to get into praying the stations with the men. It's Sacred Heart Church in Quincy, Massachusetts, just south of Boston, 386 Hancock Street. 
Uh, we'd like to ask you if, you, if you're in the mood and you want to check out our website, it's menofdivinemercy.com. You can also send us an email at menofdivinemercy at gmail.com and ask us any questions or things you want us to talk about here on this podcast. We'd be happy to do it. Uh, you want to send us intentions. We'll also bring it to our prayer group and we'll put it in our box. We have an intentions box, right? What do we call that exactly? The intentions box. <laughs> That's what it's called, the intentions box. But we actually bring the box before the Lord as we are there. The Blessed Sacrament is exposed. But our group is growing, and we're trying to build the kingdom of God and and to bring men deeper into their faith, into our Catholic faith. And that's what this podcast is about as well. So we talked a little bit about the Stations of the Cross. We could spend two hours talking about the Stations of the Cross, but we will do more of this. We'll talk more of the Stations. We'll talk more of the Rosary. We'll talk about the Mysteries. Again, menofdivinemercy.com. Father Dan Rehill will be visiting us from Tennessee on April 7th. It's a Thursday night, April 7th at St. Mary's Church You want to, in, in Quincy. Email us at menofdivinemercy at gmail.com. And this has been the second episode of the Men of Divine Mercy podcast. Tom, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. So thanks, Tom. We appreciate your theological expertise on this issue and on the stations. And uh, I know this was a good one. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks, we'll see you next time on Men of Divine Mercy Podcast. Mm-hmm.